This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Raslan, today, we have two of BFM's finest, uh, but they're both first timers <laughs> on A Bit of Culture, amazingly. Been trying to get them for a while. One of them is the producer on The Morning Run and an ex banker, no less. He is Mikey Gong. Hello, Mikey. Hi, Cam. Hi, Hesrol. Good to be here. <laughs> Uh, great to have you. And as uh, Mikey just said, uh, yep. our second person is uh, he's a presenter for the evening edition. So we've got the two bookends of, yes. of, of BFM. Complete opposites. And we've got a bit of culture right in the middle as well. So, and he is Hezreel Ashraf. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. I was, I was there when Hezreel spoke for the first on radio on uh, Evening Edition, so it's like a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Our three topics this week is, topic number one is, is it best to be first? Topic number two is, has society already seen its best days? And finally, topic number three is nostalgia for times in which you did not even exist. Mm. <laughs> With topic number one, is it best to be first? And that's me. And I'm going to go first. I was watching a footage by a French filmmaker called Georges Millier. And he was an absolute pioneer of the film industry. He was making movies in like 1896. And there's his most famous work was um, a journey to the moon uh, made in 1902. These were really quite brilliant films. They were full of invention. And in a way, he was a precursor to, to George Lucas's Industrial Light and Mag Magic. It's just, uh, mm. He was the first person to do a dissolve. He did uh, pyrotechnics, he, special effects in camera, um, glass painting, you name it. He did everything. And it, these, these films must have been absolutely astonishing. And yet, within 10 years, he was mm. bankrupt. And in the end of his life, he was running a sweet shop in a Paris train station. And, and his films were pretty much forgotten until the very end of his, his life. M meanwhile, the people who kind of came first stroke second, certainly second in terms of um, creative output, were people under the umbrella of Thomas Edison, the great inventor. And they... On, went on to make an absolute killing in cinema, whereas Georges Millier, who invented so much more, mm. disappeared. And, and I wonder, and I'd like to ask the two of you, it, think about it from a cultural, creative, and indeed business perspective, is it best to be first? Mikey, hmm. do you think it's, it's okay to be first, or is it best to be second? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a great question, Cam. In the business world, Sometimes it doesn't pay to be first. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because when you're first, first you need the creative input. Secondly, a lot of resources need to be poured into what's called research and development, into creating a product. Uh, thirdly, operational, operationally, things have to be configured or changed within the company to accommodate that new product. Of course, we are talking in terms of the context of a product here. So what does it all equate to? Basically, it equates to a lot of money and time poured into a product or a, a service that may or may not work. So, and so it's a bit of a gamble. And in business, you hear this concept of risk-reward. 
you're taking in a lot of risk for a potentially large reward, moderate one, or at the worst, a loss. Mm. So, mm. 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 so, oh, sorry, so, so, Hezreel, uh, what, how do yeah. you? So, so I was thinking about this in like outside the business arena, but like to Mikey's point, I mean, you know, what would you say about the sticky note, for instance, right? I mean, it was, it happened by accident. It was the first to be done. It's, it's still around as a product. Uh, people use sticky notes, mm. you know, despite the, the, <laughs> the tech that we have. And um, somehow it remains sort of a comforting presence. And it's just so iconic to the point that, um, I mean, to a large extent, it's, it's been monopolized by, by, you know, the U.S. company that, that mm. stumbled upon it, right? So 3M, like, I believe, yeah. Yeah, mm. so like, what would you say to that then? I think it comes down to actually licensing and monopolizing it. Uh, I hate saying this on X, <laughs> but you got to be, if you're a company, you got to be a bit mean and ruthless if you want to mm-hmm. uh, control, uh, uh, you know, those present and future profits. Right. Uh, a good example is uh, Xerox. I was just talking to Cam about it last night. Um, what we are using at the, at the moment, the Ethernet was actually developed by Xerox to a large extent. But out of the goodness of their heart, so whichever, uh, altruism, they decided to uh, open and, and, and open that technology to other players. Well, we all kind of know what happened to Xerox in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, foolish people, foolish people. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. well, let me tell you what happened with Millier and Edison. You mentioned Monopoly. And it's the same story with, say, Standard Oil, is that uh, what Edison did was he sought to monopolize the the film the actual the actual film itself production and the distribution of it because remember when these fellows were starting up there was no plan for how to exhibit these these uh, creations there was no such thing as a cinema going to the cinema mm-hmm. uh, George Millier he followed a theatrical uh, background he thought okay I'll show it in theaters and I'll show it in fairgrounds. Whereas Edison said, no, no, I'm going to funnel everybody into the one place, a cinema, where, uh, where I will control every aspect of it. And uh, like Microsoft, you know, Bill Gates has done the same thing. So like, like you say, Mikey, I guess you've got to be pretty ruthless. So there's no... Yeah, yeah and, and, and like speaking of monopolies, I mean, we, we just have to look no further here than, than Malaysia, right? How many... I mean, we look at the media industry, we look at AirAsia, you know, how many companies popped up after those, you know, in the industry to, to compete with those. And I think the, the monopoly speaks, speaks a lot to business. But I think that perhaps um, in other arenas, the, I think the concept of monopoly is interesting because in, in politics and in, in history, for instance, right, we look at our, the founding father of Malaysia, Tuku Abdul Rahman, you know, where did that come from, right? I mean, perhaps not monopolies, but um, comes from somewhere. That comes from a source of, of power. And I think perhaps when it comes to successful firsts, there has to be some sort of validation from some sort of establishment or system, uh, right, that gives rise to, to their success. Mm. Well, that's actually quite interesting when you say validation for their success. So there has to be some affirmation. Mm. Uh, uh, so in, in the business world, we talk about the affirmation is obviously 
uh, the case where people buy your product or utilize your service. You know, uh, in the case of culture and the media, it's accolades and uh, yeah. and kudos from you know the public. So, in uh, conclusion, if you're going to be first, you want to you want to <laughs> you want to come from some sort of cultural uh, wellspring, I guess that that is of the culture that reflects the culture in a positive way. I believe. Mm. And at the same time, you've got to be incredibly ruthless and destroy all your opposition uh, <laughs> so that nobody else can cash in on it. So that would be, uh, that would be the, the only way to win as first. But we're going to move on now to second, topic number two, Hezreel. Hezreel wants to ask a question which is full of happiness. Which is, <laughs> has society already seen its best days? Mm. So mm. I'm... I'm a romantic and it's a funny question to have, I think, at a time when here in Malaysia, my generation, my friends are so excited about all these youth movements of, uh, you know, Muda Malaysia. And everyone's looking forward to, you know, the prospects of elections and the effects UNTI 18 will have on, on the future of our country. And yet I can't help but to to look back at, at these stories that I've heard from my grandparents of and and their parents and, and the the kind of experiences they had with well their version of Malaysia and I remember it was you know it was quite colorful can you I mean can you imagine back in Rumbau in the 1950s the 60s you know all my great aunts were literally wearing short shorts and playing volleyball right uh, in in the heart of what is today very very conservative. I'm no heartland. My, my grandma would tell stories of my great-grandfather taking 20 minutes to put on his socks because he'd have a smoke in between, put them on between his right foot and left foot. Uh, and the kind of approaches, I guess, people had to time and, and the cultural values and, and that they held and, and how they could coexist alongside their religion and, and all these I guess, fascinating developments at the time, right? Uh, you know, Western culture and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, just, I just wonder, you know, where is that today? We're all so busy looking forward to our next appointment. We're so, you know, engrossed in, I don't know, Twitter attacks, social media attacks and, and how we're, we're different. And, and, you know, that, that's why that question has been popping up. And I wonder, like, could, could we ever see those days again? Uh, Hezrel, just to be clear, Mikey and I are about the same age. We're, we're like 51, 52. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, on the other hand, Hezrel, you're like, what, 16, 17 or something? <laughs> 20s. <laughs> era, I'm about okay. to turn 26, so yeah. oh, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, so I, I don't know if we have generational uh, differences in the way we look at things, but I don't know. Mikey, what do you think of what, what, the, the, the sadness of Hezrel's <laughs> vision? I don't know. Uh, 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 um, as a French word that comes to mind, uh, ennui, uh, the satisfaction with the current state, am I kind of mm. right there? And you're looking for a kind of gentler time in the past, possibly. Is, is, that, is that what you're looking for? A slower pace? Yeah, or kind of a more romantic? No. So, so, yeah, so that's the thing, right? Um, when we say, has society seen its better days, what does that mean? Does it mean hmm. that, that people have to wear short shorts and play volleyball? Or, or you know, take twenty minutes to put on their socks. Um, no, but I think I'm. You know, I'm just wondering as we get worked up about um, advancements in technology, advancement and, you know, how society is supposed to advance and be progressive. 
um, I sort of ask, haven't we had that already in the past in terms of uh, the way we, you know, we tolerate each other and the values um, that that our great grandparents and our uh, grandparents have espoused mm. in a way to us. So, so I guess I guess I'm just trying to look for some kind of roots, some kind of grounding. Like, have we lost our roots, perhaps? And yeah. Well, I I, I think uh, the grounding and roots is uh, a good way to look at it because I mean clothing is uh, is an important cultural signifier. We can learn a lot by the way people change their clothes, but at the same time, we shouldn't necessarily be blinded to to deeper uh, stories and the roots of it. I mean, just the other day, I was driving along and I saw a group of girls, uh, mostly Malay girls, playing rugby. Uh, they're running up and down the pitch. They're mm. passing the ball. They were enjoying it. And so the clothes may have changed, mm. but the desire for that activity or an activity. Yeah. And, and rugby is a, I mean, that's a physical game. I used to play it and that's I hated true. it. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we can still, we definitely can still see themes. And if you're talking about intolerance, perhaps... Intolerance is a revolutionary trend as opposed to even a rearguard action because it's having to fight against a deep set tolerance that just runs through the DNA of this land, I think. I mean, Mikey, where, where, where do you? If I, if I could push back against Hustle, if I uh, could be Please. devil's advocate, <laughs> what if I said that you couldn't go back to those days? You know, we've got 7, 7 to 7.5 billion people in the world now. Mm. Uh, people are starving and it's a, a, you know, the scarcity of resources. You can't really wind back the clock because, and I'm not saying that things are evolving. Don't get me wrong here. I'm just saying things are moving and they, and they can only move in one direction in a slightly deterministic fashion. And that's it. So... Uh, if I want to push back even a little bit mm. in a stronger way, I'd say, Hasrul, what if I took you out of it? I took away your handphone. Oh, how about this? I gave you 2G speeds. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you even remember 2G speeds? <laughs> I probably no. remember 1G. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there you go, right? Right, so, it's like 3G. You know, yeah. 3G, right? Took that away from you. I took mm. away uh, you know, your social media, YouTube, whatever. Um, how would you like, uh, how damn apples are they say? <laughs> Yeah, and I think it comes back to, am I looking to wind back the clock? Probably not. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love my 4G. Uh, I'm looking forward to 5G speed soon and hopefully. But but I just wonder, do the way we have conversations about, you know, a better future, a better society Mm. necessarily have to be constructed in, in such a way that, and it's like there's no precedence, right? It's like suddenly we're having these conversations and suddenly we're looking towards a better future um, without looking back. But I think perhaps sometimes looking back is, is a good way to look into the future and take, take you know, the good things in our past with us. And perhaps, perhaps that's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. That I guess that yearn and desire to say, hey, we've had good times in our history already. Why don't we just take that? Um, we don't need to replicate it. Mm. You know, by no means do we need to copy it, but perhaps we can take it into the future and and 
remember those things, right? And, and not bury them in the past. Yeah. Well, you're talking my language, mm-hmm. Hasville. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, but I just want to mention one thing. So, uh, we you know, with the grandfather putting his socks on, I remember that there was this bizarre stat in the U.S. Um, more people die while putting their socks on than, like, car accidents, shark attacks, lightning strikes, and all that kind of thing. It's one, it's one thing. Why is it's that? Not, is there, is because, there a... Uh, it's because you've just woken up and your heart rate starts going up. And so sure. at the moment, you're starting to put your socks on you and you've got a bit of pressure thinking about what you're going to do. You have a heart attack and you die. Okay, I'm going to forget wearing socks from now on. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or we just so, take it slow, right? <laughs> but also the point is, it's not the socks per se. <laughs> it's, it's what the underlying story is there. But nostalgia isn't what it used to be. And we're going to have a bit more of that in uh, topic number three in a moment here on A Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Ruslan, Hezreel Ashraf, and Mikey Gong. And now, Mikey, uh, you want to ask about um, not, well, nostalgia for times in which we did not exist. Mm, right. So let me set the context for this, Cam. I'm 51. And I spent a lot of my time listening to the music of the 70s and the 80s. It's kind of the era where I, and I spend my, my, my youth. And it's the music I'm most familiar with. Now, of course, and uh, YouTube is my preferred platform for this. And I know that people say that you shouldn't read the comments, but I can't help it. I do read the comments just to get an indication. And I usually see two groups of people on, uh, commenting on YouTube. They're the ones who go, I grew up with this. I'm going to build a time machine. Who's coming back with me? And of course, you've got people saying, yeah, yeah, I'll come back with you. Better times. Uh, something like what Hasbro was saying, kinder, gentler, slower, <laughs> more, more romantic times. Now, there's a second group, and this is a group that intrigues me. And that's the, that's the basis of my, uh, my topic today. They're the ones who uh, self-proclaim younger people and who are definitely not born when this music came out. And yet they have an affinity for this music. They'll say something like, they'll comment something like, I love this music. It's much better than what I'm listening to, better than Justin Bieber, et cetera, et cetera. It means a lot to me. Which begs the question, in what way does it mean something to you? I can tell you exactly what and, and how, how a particular track resonates with me. For example, Bee Gees Tragedy. If you, if you, if you play it right now, I'm, you're going to take me back to the 70s when I was in a square kitchen in PJ, in Asia Jaya, uh, you know, having a plate of spaghetti bolognese with mixed vegetables, um, glass of ice seven tea in my boy shorts, <laughs> watching the Gibb brothers. That's the memory it evokes for me. It's strong. It's powerful. If you play Yazoo's Only You, it'll take me back to my secondary school days in Australia. My first dance in, on a cold winter's night in an old church in a country town. That's what it means to me. But if you're a young person and you say, this means something to me, I'm going to ask you, what does it actually mean to you? And Hestrel, since you're the only yeah. young person, yeah. <laughs> younger person here, can I ask you that question? Yeah. Yes, so I can't, I can't relate to the trappings of Mikey's perhaps what the things you were wearing at that time when you were in secondary school, right, at your dance or the, the kind of environment, you know, the physical objects that, that you probably interacted with in, in that caf- school cafeteria. I'm glad you brought this up because as a young person, I love 
the Bee Gees. I love Stevie Wonder. Uh, you know, I love listening to old songs. And, and I think part of that had to do with my dad playing those tracks on like a Sunday morning. So I'd actually wake up to them as like a 13, 14 year old. Mm. I'd find it slightly annoying because it was just loud because it woke me up. But but I realized that I enjoyed those songs. And I don't know what it is, you know, as, as someone young. I don't know what draws me to those kinds of tunes. Um, I don't know, perhaps if it's because I want to slow things down a bit and I'm a romantic and those, the, the, the music itself, you know, does away with all the kind of heavy tech stuff we, we, we hear today. And, and, and perhaps there are sort of timeless stories in those songs. Um, but I can say that when I do listen to those songs, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to relate to because uh, I wasn't even born yet at the time when, when these songs were written, but I think they do take me to a slower era when, when perhaps things, you know, people did take their time um, at, at, to be more present perhaps and, and, and had a different construct of time and, and what it meant to uh, perhaps be somewhere. Well, uh, you know, yeah, okay. So you are so nostalgic. I mean, <laughs> both of you, but Israel, oh my God. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cam, I, I've got a reason. I, am, I mean, I'm, I'm older. So. Well, I'm, I, and I'm older than you. And so I'd say we go back to those times when, when I was, um, you know, there I was uh, under Japanese occupation, having diphtheria, listening, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listening to the Bee Gees. When you mentioned tragedy by the Bee Gees, I immediately felt physically ill because, for me, the memory is flying. I was on a plane flying back to Malaysia. And in those days, you know, the, 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 the yeah. in-flight entertainment was just a loop. And so the, the song Tragedy would keep coming back. And I loved it. But I was throwing up, I think, seven times on that flight. And I was, I was in the center seat. And everybody around me was like, oh, my God, this is having to put up with me. So my memories of Tragedy isn't so – it's a bit more tragic. Um, but – I see, you know, I see where you're all coming from. And I, I also have, as with Hezreel, my musical tastes are actually all to do with things not of my time. Yes, the 1970s. I was not listening to David Bowie contemporaneously when mm. his albums came out. I listened to them 10 years later. Wow. So mm. I guess I was kind of imagining in my mind that kind of like an older brother's generation was so much cooler than me. I mean, mm. older brothers always are cooler. And so I was kind of like picking up on what they were doing. Uh, there was always like this, just the older generation is always just cooler and got more clued in. And I was very into the likes of Duran Duran and stuff. And I love Duran Duran and all that. And you, you mentioned Yazoo, but I do not yeah. listen to their music now. Mm. No, neither do I, but for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also listen to a lot of classical music. So I have a nostalgia for the 1860s. Beat that. <laughs> but I, I, well, I think that I, I think the three of us are probably in a really bad space. Though this is not a good thing. What 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 do you mean by bad space? There, I mean uh, our yeah. ev uh, if if our evolution has ended, if we've officially said, "I found my cornerstones. I'm not going to move forward. I am not going to be open to Cardi B." Uh, I think I said that right. And <laughs> <laughs> throwing Charlie X X C X for you. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you, Mikey, but at the same time, I'm very scared. So I'm just curious, though. Like you listen to like songs, you know, 
sort of older, you know, that that wasn't in your time cam too, right? In a way, in a way, I'm you, you know, just a few decades later, and and I'm always sort of looking back, and I, I just wonder if it's got something to do with the lyrics and and the sort of the simplicity of, you know, the BGs asking, you know, how deep is your love? <laughs> you know, right? And it's such a simple, it's such a simple line, right? And he just they say it over and over again, and it's, it's like half the song. Um, <laughs> and, and and I don't know if if like the lyrics, the the simplicity of things, and and um, sort of just. I don't see. I don't know how the emotions come through when when the lyrics are that simple. And I wonder if, if me and and my friends who are like me, are listen are looking for less in a time where there's so much going on and there's just so much to process and and take in all the time that perhaps we want to, like I said, look for less. Wow. Okay. Well, if you're looking Great. for less, you found it in me and Mikey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in our generation. Right. All the lyrics of our songs of our generation, believe me. Yeah. Well, actually, I listened to a rundown of the, the US top 10 um, just this week. Mm-hmm. And, and there I was, old time, I go, oh, this stuff all sounds the same. The thing is, right, it literally mm-hmm. does sound the same because 80% of it was written and produced by Max Martin for, uh, <laughs> from Sweden. And so it's all the same key, key changes. It's all these minor key, the same chords, slightly different drum sound, but essentially the same. And it was, it was horrifying, really. Uh, but at the same time, I was thinking, well, you know, I mean, people like this. It's, uh, I, I was probably, I mean, Yazoo was rubbish. It, it was. To be, to be frank, it really was. It really was. And, it's a, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a reason why I don't listen to it anymore. <laughs> but going, Thompson but, Twins, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kajagugu, Kajagugu. <laughs> these names are these names are foreign to me now. So yeah, yeah, you can find you can e- see the pick cat. up a book on ancient history and you'll probably find it. There. But, yeah, you, you'll see hieroglyphics of it on yeah. here. pyramids. Oh, that says Kajagugu. Yeah. So, Mikey, let's wrap up, Mikey. So, uh, um, where, where are you gonna are you gonna progress or is this it? You've stopped. Uh, right. So, as I, I think, I don't think we have a I don't have a choice but to progress, but we have to progress with caution and discernment. That's what I feel. I'm what, and I don't think we can, there's no way we can go back and recapture that those halcyon nostalgic days also. Nor would I want to, look, Cam, I'm sure you remember dentistry in the seventies, really painful, right? Is that dentistry? Uh, you know, don't, I didn't have any dentistry in the seventies. That's, that's <laughs> what I had a had a hammer and a chisel. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but but I remember I have nightmares about that. It's painful, sure, yeah. and I don't want to go back to that. We've got more, and we've got better options for treating uh, diseases like cancer and diabetes now than we have in the seventies. So, would I want to go back to that that era with that kind of technology and medicine? No, definitely not. It hurt. Okay, but, but give give our youngster Hezreel uh, a heads up on on one good piece, one good sound from from that time. Right, Fleetwood Mac. Oh well, nice call. Nice call. Stevie so, Nicks. Anything uh, by Stevie Nicks, and you know, and and uh, and her, and col- her collaborations with Lindsay Buckingham. Okay, my if you're romantic, you'll appreciate. Hmm. Sorry, my my call would be Steely Dan. Anything by Steely Ooh, Dan. Oh, nice. Uh, and so Hezreel, what I mean. Of that 
so, of this so, time or even of this time have you got nothing israel uh, i come on <laughs> i think so so right now i'm in a more obscure phase of of modern songs artists like rye these obscure artists who like do NPR tiny desk concerts, you've probably never heard of them. And you're surprised they, you know, they, they have such a, such a respected following. But, but I, I will say that um, I think I'll never move away from, from the seventies and eighties. And, and uh, guess what? Steely Dan is, and will probably always be in my playlist. Excellent. We're going to stop there. Stop there. That, that's a great place to stop. Steely Dan. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Wow, this is, uh, you know, I desperately wanted to get Hezbollah on the show. I thought, a young guy, let's get him on. He's like older than, the, he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. So then anyway. I didn't recognize all the, those, those artists, though, to be fair. No, because we were quoting the bad ones, so don't worry. No, okay. <laughs> aren't I triple your age or something, Hezbollah? This is really <laughs> scary. Yeah. So, uh, but we know we must uh, wrap up the show now with uh, the final part, recommendations. Recommend mm. something that we think might be of interest. I'm going to go first. My recommendation is Chuti Chuti Malaysia because um, the tourism industry in this country is suffering. Foreigners obviously not coming in and <clears throat> Malaysians can't go out. So um, I say we go and visit our own country, travel around Malaysia. I have just returned from the island paradise that is Labuan and uh, it's really nice. And I learned a lot there. I think I... I Although it's a federal territory, I think I really understand my Sabahan friends much better now. Mm. I really kind of like, opened my eyes. Like, oh, my God. Yes, of course. And then straight after that, I went up to Fraser's Hill, mm. uh, which I haven't visited for a long time. And it was really nice. It was so cold um, and kind of empty. So you, uh, friends of mine have been driving around the entire peninsula. I have a Sabahan friend who just went to Taiping in Perak for the first time mm. and he says it's the prettiest town he's ever been to. So my recommendation is, you know, be sensible, uh, take all the precautions that you should take and go visit your own country, Malaysia. Malaysia Day just happened. It's, it's such a really beautiful place. <laughs> so, so that's my recommendation. Um, Hezreel, what's yours? Can Mikey go first? Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Mikey, what's your recommendation? Okay. Something's, uh, before I actually give him a recommendation, something. And I've just realized that for the last two years, every fiction book that I've been reading has been an English translation of a Japanese author. I have no idea why this happened or when or really what triggered this, but I've just noticed that, uh, and that every book that I've bought, read, has been in that genre uh, and has been in that style. And this has encompassed everything from Japanese romantic novels to crime noir to, any, to a whole stack of Murakamis. That's probably what actually started it. Um, I'm reading Norwegian Wood and now I've got just about every book from and of his. But the book that I'm going to recommend today is by a Japanese author called Hiromi Kawakami. It's called Strange Weather in Tokyo. Now, uh, it's your standard Japanese trope of an old teacher who meets his ex-student and yeah, they kind of whine and, and are falling in love. But 
you may say, what's, what's so different about this book and why am I recommending it? Well, the reason is because it has elements of what I, what I love about Japanese literature. This poignant loneliness that, that, that goes through society uh, where, they've got, where they're, they're surrounded by people and yet at the same time there's this intrinsic individual sense of uh, being alone and how they na actually navigate it. And this actually permeates through the whole book. Uh, the teacher is a lonely person. He hangs around in bars. The, uh, and his ex-student, she's an uh, office worker who's lonely, and she hangs around bars as well. You see that bars and alcohol played a large part <laughs> in, 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 in Japanese uh, books, especially modern contemporary fiction. Um, so, yeah, that's my recommendation. So, again, sorry, the name of the book and the author? The book is called Strange Weather in Tokyo, and the author is Hiromi Kawakami. She's actually quite a famous modern author. Um, and, and do you feel like the translations themselves, the actual into English translations are good? I mean, is, is it good English prose as much as anything else? That's, good a good, on that that's a good question. Um, I have no basis for, com for comparison because that's the only medium which I can actually interpret uh, mm. and, and it, but it works for me. It carries that almost sort of um, Japanese sense of brevity and, con and, 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 and uh, being concise in the use of language, short, simple sentences which convey uh, a lot of meaning and emotion, pretty much like the cup and the songs of the carpenters going back to the song of the 70s. <laughs> you had to put that, you had to put that to. one in completely unnecessarily. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that sounds, that sounds uh, interesting. Uh, so we should check that one out then. Strange Weather in Tokyo yep. by, again, sorry? Hiromi Kawakami. Hiromi Kawakami. Yeah. And so now, Hezreel, are you right, ready? Right. Yes, I am. So I, was, I, was, I was mulling uh, mine over still just now when I asked Mikey to go first. So, um, in the spirit of today's sort of taking it slow, taking it back to the past and slowing down time, I would just say go to a coffee shop alone, uh, just by yourself. Don't bring a book or, or, well, I guess you could bring a book, but I, I think the bigger point is to sort of perhaps be comfortable with yourself and, and watch time pass by because I think that's, um, I think it's just a fitting thing to do in all this chaos that's going on right now. Um, you know, be try to be comfortable with yourself. If you're brave, turn off your phone. <laughs> um, and if you need, you know, if you'd like a, a, you know, if you would like a coffee recommendation, um, it's a bit hipster. So, but uh, I do like transparent coffee or pulp um, for yeah. their coffee. Oh, these are places. Yeah, Sorry, so right. these are places. <laughs> right. Sorry. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, so yes, Cam and and Mike. Right, yes, right. Uh, <laughs> they're sort of young people places, but but I'm sure I'm sure you'd enjoy them too. Uh, but but yeah, just to, I think it's just try to 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 do something alone and and um, pass time to to decompress. So that's my recommendation. How long and how long would you actually be able to? and spend at these coffee shop and places so, without a, a phone or a book. I'm just curious. So personally, I, so, so I, I, when I pass time, I, I do like to listen to like music, you know, by myself or something at a coffee shop and I could do it for an hour at least. 
I, you know, I, I don't know how much, how long uh, other people can go, but uh, an hour, at least an hour is good. Cause I don't, I'm, I'm not in a, I'm the kind of person who hates rushing and, and sort of looking forward to the next appointment. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, personally, you know, I'd be, be like, I hang his coffee shop, you know, in, uh, in, yeah. in, in Batugaja. Is, uh, I'm an old timer. I'm an old timer. <laughs> yeah. I'll be reminiscing about how we used to mine tin here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, we'll go check it out. Uh, transparent coffee. Transparent and coffee. Pulp. And pulp. And pulp, yeah. And pulp. When you said transparent coffee, I think, wow, that's. Sorry, <laughs> that sounds awful, but, but it's a place. Okay. So, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Uh, full of nostalgia, despite being the oldest person here, I'd like to think that I'm the one who's pushing the boundaries forward in time <laughs> for once. Um, but uh, so it only reminds me now to thank both of you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Mikey Gong. Pleasure, Ken. Thank you. Great. No, it's great. And also uh, thank you, Hezreel, Hezreel Ashraf. Thank you. Uh, it was an honor to be here. And well, I'm actually going to be joining you on Evening Edition in a week or so. I That's think. right. So I'll see you then. Yeah. Although <laughs> I will be in the studio and you're going to be somewhere else. So it That's is, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and myself, Cam Ruslan. And so thank you. And please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.